Hello, everybody, and welcome back to WCAT The Den. I'm Ethan. I am Matthew. And this is our episode numero quattro of what are we doing? Talking about sports. And we're going to start off in the obviously the biggest part of it, the NFL playoffs. So got to get into that right away. I, I think we need to start with Tennessee and Tennessee, Baltimore. Tennessee, Baltimore. I mean, Baltimore, 14-2, and two, Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram, Greatest defense. Oh my God, this team is incredible. How is anybody going to stop the Ravens? Pff, the Titans are nine and seven. They have no chance. Uh oh. <laughs> and then you see the first quarter. You see the Titans build up a lead, and they're like, you're like, okay, it won't last. You know, just getting off to a good start happens. Ravens will bounce back. Lamar Jackson threw a picture, but they'll be fine. Second quarter, every Ravens fan has a mini heart attack, and they realize. Uh-oh, and then it keeps getting worse and worse as the Titans and Derrick Henry squander their hopes and dreams. Shocked. There is no other way to describe it. The biggest shocker in the past five, ten years in these playoffs. I mean, you got to include the Minneapolis miracle somewhere in that too. But. Yeah, but I, I think this tops that. Just the way that Tennessee came in here is a huge Huge underdog. Nobody expected them to go anywhere, and now they have a legitimate shot at winning the Super Bowl. Well, there's only one reason why, and only one reason why they won this game. It's because of the monster 6-3. They said 6-4-250 in the game. Derrick Henry. Yes, absolutely. He has just been going off. No team that they've versed so far has been able to stop him. He's had, well, what is it, 60, rush, 60 rushing attempts last two games. He's got... 395, I think, for 397 rushing yards. Mm-hmm. And two rushing touchdowns and a passing touchdown in this Yes. Um, so I'm trying to pull up the stats from this weekend. Yeah, It's just been unbelievable. No, no team that it has looked like they should have had an answer for him has had an answer, and the Titans keep on rolling. I mean, if you, if you look at this, I'm looking at some insights here from the game. Lamar Jackson versus Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill, I got, I'm a Dolphins fan. I enjoy him. A lot, even though, what is it, he got traded and he didn't really do much for us. And it's great to see that he's doing more for the Dolphins, or excuse me, for the Titans now. But <laughs> and the Dolphins, he only brought them to the playoffs once where he didn't even get to play. So he's finally able to play in the playoffs. He, has, he had three total touchdowns on, and only 88 passing yards. And, I mean, if that doesn't explain what Derrick Henry has done in the last past games, I don't know what has. But compared to him... At least Tannehill's been able to handle the ball. Lamar Jackson had three turnovers in that game, and he only had one passing touchdown. So, I mean, his stat sheet, I mean, with, along with the 365 passing yards and 143 rushing yards, we knew he was going to get those stats. But those three giveaways and the one passing touchdown only, that ended up being the biggest problem. And that's why Lamar Jackson, I think that's why I think Baltimore didn't do as well because they couldn't get – the wide receivers going there are way too many drop passes i don't know if you watched the game there nobody yeah. yeah i wonder yeah nobody nobody was able to catch the ball it was just just unbelievable the titans defense showed up in baltimore too so yeah and, and that's th- this was all done without uh starting without um starting linebacker with sean evans and you know they just get everything going if this titans team can get the defensive side energized and well defending against Mahomes, who we'll talk about here in a little bit, you know, if their defense can step up in these big moments and be able to just – it doesn't have to be a complete stifling of the defense like it was um, on Saturday. As long as they can hold a team to 20 points or maybe a little lower than that, let Derrick Henry do the rest. Yeah. Because we saw evidence that he doesn't ha- – that it's, it's not only running that he can do. He can even pass the football. And – why isn't he the quarterback? But um, in all seriousness, Ryan Tannehill has been the biggest. You can you can say Derrick Henry has been the biggest beast of these yes. playoffs, and he has been. But they would never have been here. In they wouldn't have made the playoffs if it wasn't for Ryan Tannehill. And he stepped on the field as like saying took Marcus Mariota's job after going two and five. Yeah, and then they went seven and two in their final nine games. Tannehill played like an absolute beast, and so many people came in knowing that they had to obviously worry about Henry, but also worry about that passing attack in Tannehill. 
And so I don't think a lot of pressure was put on the running game against the Patriots. They learned the hard way. And for some reason, the Ravens didn't seem to watch last week's game either as they did not really try to tackle Maybe the Henry. Patriots stole the tape. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> okay. Patri- Why would the Patriots try and help the Titans? Why? What benefit do they get out of that? I don't know. It's just the New England way. I'm just. It is the New England. <laughs> it is the New England way. Uh, this is also coming from a Dolphins fan. Yes. Salty. But yeah, I, to me, the Titans' run probably ends this weekend. But what? Who? Kansas City doesn't have a defense. Yeah, that's what I've been saying all week too. But then you look now at here. Take the perfect example. They don't have any defense. They got down 24 nothing, and I'm like, oh, this game's over. And I was right. The game was over. Just not in the way I anticipated it at all because Patrick Mahomes is an absolute beast, and he showcased it yesterday. 321 passing yards, five touchdowns, four of which came in the second quarter alone. They, When they are down, they are never out. And the Texans learned the hard way yesterday what it meant to fail. <laughs> That was a perfect transition, by the way, as we're not talking about the Texans Chiefs. Yes. <laughs> but um, it's just, how do you stop Mahomes? Will the Titans be able to stop Mahomes? The Texans certainly didn't. I mean, J.J. Watt was barely on the field for most of that game. Well, he was dealing with his torn pec injury that was supposedly healed, but I don't think was fully healed. And, and then you look at Quan Alexander, uh, the 49ers linebacker, who will that'll be another transition, um, who played almost every defensive snap. And he tore his peck on Halloween. Happy Halloween. But so J.J. Watt should be out there more. And Romeo Cornell, Texans defensive coordinator, needs to put him on the field in those situations, and he didn't. And the Chiefs torched their defense 51 points. They scored so many touchdowns, the Chiefs ran out of fireworks. Yes. Did you see that? Yeah, I did uh, see that. Um, that's crazy. Like, that's just when you know your defense messed up. 51 and, points in a playoff game that's crucial, and your defense just lets up that much points. It's just unbelievable. The Chiefs ended up creating history with that. It's the first time any team has made a 21-point deficit, like, comeback since the Patriots did it. Sadly, don't like talking about the Patriots, but... Nope, don't talk about it. No. <laughs> <laughs> But still, it's a huge comeback. Deshaun Watson disappeared. I think the only reason, I think the main reason why Houston ended up just just going, just dying out, is because of Phil O'Brien, their head coach. He is not a good head coach, in my opinion. And he ended up, his play calling and all that towards the end, I think, was the reason why their defense just disappeared. They were just calling the wrong plays at the wrong time. Andy Reid took advantage of it. And we'll see if the big Santa Claus himself will be able to keep on moving, bringing this Kansas City team on this hot streak and keep on moving. (laughs) Oh, my God. Andy Reid. But I want to go to Bill O'Brien real quick because everybody's been talking about where's that one shocking coach firing. This one might be it right here. Um, uh, I see a world in which they fire him. I do. I see a world in which they fire Bill O'Brien. They, they look like garbage, and his game plans were terrible. Look at that fake punt. Why? What was that? You're up 17 why? on your own 30. What are you doing? You, you wonder why you lost momentum in this game, and you lost it like that. I mean, oh, that's a horrible play call. I mean, that's one of the worst play calls I've ever seen, especially in a playoff game. You cannot do that. I mean, the Chiefs even, the Chiefs saw it. Did you notice? I mean, they had the whole rush was coming at them. Let's fake it. Let's run the ball. That that doesn't work, Bill. Um, They might fire him. They they don't have a general manager, so why not try and look for both at the same time this offseason? Yeah, and you only feel bad for one of the better players on that team, Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins, have been putting – having to have put up with Bill O'Brien this in their entire career so far. I mean, they got plenty more to go. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I just feel bad. He played a great game, not, by, not to, like, take anything away from him. No, yeah, no, I agree. And, and the sad part is Texans have not won a, uh, multiple games in the playoffs in their history. So no, that streak correct. continues, and things may be running out as J.J. Watt continues to get injured, and they've got to find a bit more defense 
this offseason. They may be back. They may be not. We'll see since they've only really dedicated their uh, entire draft stock and all that towards the offense. Traded with the Dolphins, obviously, for the offense. The offense definitely did work out, but when you scoring 31 points in any any other playoff game is probably big, but giving up 51 points is horrible. Is horrible, and yeah. that just ended up being the way it was, and that's why uh, Kansas City won. So going back to uh, Saturday, as we were bouncing yeah. all over the place, we're going to go to the 49ers Vikings game. Do you want, you want to take this one? I will take this one because. You see the Vikings. They come in here after beating the 13-3 and Saints going into Santa Clara. San Francisco last year, the Niners, 3-13. and 31st-ranked offense. 30th-ranked defense. And, one of, and the second-worst record in the NFL. This year, second-best record, 13-3. and That's a 10-game swing, by the way. That's tied for the most in NFL history. Second overall defense, fourth overall offense. What a difference a year makes for a team. They come in here as the most complete team in the playoffs. And yes, I say that over the Ravens because they were the most complete team. They didn't have any question marks. The only question mark was inexperience. Jimmy Garoppolo, Raheem Mostert. Emmanuel, even Emmanuel Sanders somewhat, not really, but Debo Samuel especially. George Kittle, Nick Bosa, none of them have ever played a playoff game. While Garoppolo technically was on playoff teams, he didn't play a snap in any of the games in which he, play, he was on the backup for the Patriots. And you come in here, the Vikings just completely outclassed, outmatched. This game didn't surprise me at all. The Niners show up, their strength. They are by far the best team left in the playoffs. And I don't know what else there is to say. Garoppolo looked fantastic. The defense was excellent. And, yeah, Garoppolo, obviously, the stats don't jump out to you like, oh, my God, that's so good. But he played well. Again, the stats never tell the full story because Lamar Jackson, you look at the stats, you're like, holy crap. But eh, <laughs> he didn't play well. Garoppolo, the stats do not show very much. But – he played excellent. And this is where you see Garoppolo and Jackson. If you're looking at the stats, Lamar played way better. If you're looking at eye test, Garoppolo played way better. Yeah, and before we before I get into my analysis, I just got to take this moment to make myself like an idiot because I ended up taking the Vikings in this <clears> one when we actually did our playoff predictions. I thought I was going to take a slim chance. Yeah. I, I really thought, just being a somewhat Skull fan, but <laughs> a... Really thought Minnesota might have a chance. I uh, made myself look like a complete and utter idiot now as uh, they got obliterated. That's an understatement towards this by the San Francisco team. I mean, w w like, when your number one running back gets 18 total yards. Whoa, 18. Whoa. He's, he, he's their entire offense. And when he gets shut down, the Vikings entirely shut down and things go wrong. And that's the 49ers defense is one of the better ones in the entire league, if not the best. So whenever when Nick Bolsa, as you said earlier, and him keep going off, and they continue their running, their rushing offense, they had 47 rushing attempts. They just run the clock the entire time. What is it? Uh, each running back on that team decides to take turns every single time, having uh, a decent amount of yards. I mean, Tevin Coleman had 100 this week. Mustard had 100 the previous week. They just take turns. There's no stopping either of this rushing offense, and that's why. I'm going to go from one bandwagon to another, and I think San Francisco <laughs> might be able to go all the way. And it's crazy because if you would have said this last year, I probably would have laughed straight in your face. Um, Adam, Adam Rank for you. Who, Adam Rank. Oh, yeah, that was bad. Uh, there may be a – Adam Rank had uh, a three – what is it? Predicted the Titans and the Niners to both go 3-13. And, 13, and, and now the Bills they, to go 5-11. and 11. Yeah, and now they may go to uh, – Both of those together. teams might be able to go to the Super Bowl together to uh, prove that Adam Rank may be losing his job very, very soon. <laughs> I don't think he'll lose his job. He's got too much notoriety with NFL. There is one last game to cover. Yes. And it's Seahawks-Packers. Can, uh, I, can I take this one? Yes, yes, you can. So as a wise man once said, uh, obviously Stephen A. Smith, Aaron Rodgers is a bad, bad man. man. He is just just came into this game and just torched the entire Seahawks team. Came in firing. Had, even though 
what is it? Shoot, I'm pulling up the stats. Yeah, Rodgers <laughs> Rogers was 243, two touchdowns. He was just unbelievable, as you were saying. I mean, 243, two touchdowns is all right, not absolutely amazing, but the throws he had towards the end of the game to seal the deal were huge, and that's why I love watching Aaron Rodgers play. That's why I think he's one of the better quarterbacks to keep an eye on, and he's, he's fun to watch. So just watching him be able to just torch this defense, have some last-minute throws to Devontae Adams, and even had Aaron Jones running all over the place like he usually does. Does. Dues. Dues, sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. Got the tons of, t- what is it, two touchdowns for him and two touchdowns for Rodgers. Both Aaron's getting four total. But uh, the- Rodgers, just being able to do those last-minute clutch plays, I love watching that happen, and that's why, what is it? I mean, the Seahawks had the chance, but as many people will, will get to just, just now, the uh, ref ball usually helps the Packers out at home. And that's even though this time they're going to have to travel to San Francisco, so we'll see what they have to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. but we'll, we'll get into that ref ball if you want to take that that into your own hands. I will. Um, final play of the game. What ended up being the final play of the game? Third and nine. G- uh, Aaron Rodgers completes the ball. That, it's kind of a check down, kind of not. To Jimmy Graham. Running. Gets to a very close spot right around, I think it was the 40, yeah, roughly. Yeah, 30, 40. Yeah. And they call a first down, which is okay, but the spot was way too generous, first of all. Then you look back at the replay, and he doesn't have the first down. They look at this damn play for five minutes and still don't overturn it. This is the problem. If you're going to have reviews, actually use them right. It's the same thing that we talked about last week with the Viking Saints. You made the pass interference rule. Use it. So stupid. You, you got you got to. They, they even said they had additional footage, and the additional footage should have proved something. And this was just a horrible call by the refs again, and it ultimately ruined any chance for Seattle to come back in this game. At least it's not the Saints who get screwed over by the refs this week. <laughs> That's true. It, That's true. That's a pro. Pro for the Saints. But he might. They might get screwed because Breeze might become a TV analyst. But that's another story. Yeah, but not that wasn't only a rough ball. There was a fumble call also towards the Packers. A clear fumble on Seattle's, I believe, first drive of the game. Hollis. Yeah, first play of the game. Actually, first play yeah. of the game. He caught the ball around. Got it was an eight-yard play. He got it is a great play by the. Uh, am I thinking of this right? The Packers hit it. Yeah, the the Packers hit it, and they uh, they eventually called it a. <laughs> Fumble with no yes. clear recovery. Yes, which is, is a, it's, it's an odd call to make. I mean, go use the footage. You just use the footage. Go check and see who come or came up with the ball. But that's nope. Yep, they decided to not NFL use NFL lo- logic. Yes, logic left the building as I like to say for the rest. Oh yeah. And the uh, Packers got the pro, and that was the theme of that game. <laughs> Eventually, ref ball. Seahawks had a chance to make a comeback. Marshawn Lynch. And is is it his last game in the NFL? There's oh, there's no way he comes back. Yeah, there's. Oh no, he done. Yeah, he um, he, had, he had two touchdowns. Great to see him scoring, but I don't think he's gonna be coming back. They don't. They're not gonna need him next year as everyone gets healthy. And <laughs> I think that leaves us it for football. Unless you want to add anything else. I want to add something on beast mode. Yes. Um, if this is the end of the career for beast mode, if they, finally, I mean, he's already retired twice and come out of retirement twice. Yes. But. If this finally is the end for Beast Mode, this man better be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, three games he played for the Seahawks, four touchdowns. And it makes you sit at home and you wonder, if you're a Seahawks fan, what if we had this guy for the whole season? Really? What could have been? You could have won. One more you, you game. You could have won one more game. You could have beaten the 49ers. You could have had the one seed. You could have had to play the Vikings instead of the Packers, and you could have been at home at CenturyLink Field for the playoffs. The decision that will end up haunting the, the Seahawks this offseason is not locking out Marshawn Lynch on a full-year contract, not getting him sooner. That is the killer. And with that, we're done with, we're done with we're the done NFL. We're done with the now. NFL, and we'll be uh, moving on to some breaking news as of today. The Astros mm-hmm. are in big trouble. <laughs> <laughs> and still didn't get punished enough. Yes. In my opinion, but I'll let you start here. So, as of today, about... Let, let, let me pull this up. 
about two hours ago. Yeah, two hours ago, the uh, MLB released a statement saying that they're going to be basically giving, uh, what is it, general manager and head coach for the Astros, Hinch and, uh, what is it, Lon- Lono. Lono. A one-year ban after they and what is it? They lose their first and second-round picks in 2020 and 20, or 2021, and they have a five million dollar fine. Yeah, not five thousand, five million. Yes, because they were finally caught cheating after it was pretty obvious after all the videos finally came out of the uh, trash can bangings going douche, douche, douche anytime they uh, uh, what is it? Any of the any of the catchers that or opposing catchers put anything in, they were cheating by uh, looking at that. They had a they supposedly had a center field camera where they'd be able to look and the hitters would know and they'd know any of the balls that are coming back. That's why they had so many home runs. And supposedly they're not going to be touching the World Series rings because that was, that was the year that they're accusing them and they got in trouble for. That was the year they won the World Series, but supposedly they're not going to touch any of that. But I, I, maybe that's the reason why they, <laughs> they won. They, they deserve more, but... That team was so talented, though, that I think yeah. they still would have won the World Series. Problem is, though, uh, you can't cheat in professional sports when these people are making hundreds of millions of dollars. Look at Mike Trout. Oh Mike Trout's God. making more than I will make, than Ever. three of <laughs> me will make in my lifetime. Um, Rendon, too, getting paid. Anthony Rendon, too. And, you know, the, the ridiculous contracts that these MLB players are getting nowadays, you have to crack down on the rules more. I mean, you're paying a man $45 million a year. Mike Trout. And what ends up being the big story of your league is that you got a cheating scandal that might destroy the sport? That is not the image you want at all. Maybe this is why Kyler Murray decided to go to football. But um, he already knew. But <laughs> in all seriousness, the the Astros did not get hit hard enough. They should have been banned for a year from the playoffs. Yeah, well, Jim Crane, the owner, ended up firing both yeah. Hinch and Len- or Leno after those suspensions today. So they are long gone, and they've already announced as Joe Espada as their new head coach or their, oh, interim, man- or their interim manager. Not a good idea. <laughs> oh, more, no. more trouble in Houston and the worst possible thing for them, and that could lead to some more disaster, if I had to say so. I'm going to add something real quick. A.J. Hinch is known as one of the best managers in baseball. Well, before this. Yes. But <laughs> was known as one of the best managers in baseball. An incredible man. He was such a good coach, well-respected. But the big issue here is they, they had a choice. They literally, if they have a manager on their team, that is, I searched it up, is suspended for a year, you literally cannot have a manager. No, in, You can't have an interim either. You legit cannot have a manager for a year. It's either that or fire him. They made the impossible choice. They had well, no. They made the only choice. They had to fire him. They had no choice. They couldn't play a full year of baseball without a manager. That's just unheard of. You can't do that. And so they really were left with no choice. They they had to do it. And hopefully this learns as a lesson and I hope Alex Cora the Red Sox manager gets punished almost just as bad as he was the bench coach during this time hopefully they suspend him too for this entire year they haven't decided on anything there yet hopefully this ends up not changing the entire hopefully this ends up not ruining the entire major league baseball organization yeah, it's definitely a uh, but this this hurts a hurt to the entire image of the MLB yeah what would look to be the perfect sport not as many injuries 162 games. Who doesn't want 162 games? Hundreds a year? of millions of dollars being passed around like it's nothing. A successful organization with no scandals, and then this happens. Uh oh. No wonder why there's no Houston fans either. <laughs> the Astros. It, it, it's literally a consistent line through every sport. Astros, Patriots, Warriors. Am I wrong? I don't know if there's one in hockey. Uh. You could say the Penguins or the Hawks. Mm, penguins. Because just Sidney Crosby. But who doesn't, who doesn't love Sidney Crosby, though, in all honesty? All right. I want to hit real quick because there's a kind of an important game tonight. Just just maybe just a little just a little bit. It's the College Football Playoff National Championship, one of the most touted 
sporting events every year. Joe Burrow, LSU versus Trevor Lawrence and Clemson. 7 p.m. on ESPN and also a thousand different telecasts on a thousand different channels. Um, I've never been more hyped up for a college football game, ever. Joe Burrow, this kid, is the real deal. And once <clears throat> current LSU Tigers quarterback and soon-to-be Cincinnati Bengals starting quarterback. That's true. Um, this kid is practically auditioning for Zach Taylor tonight. He is. This is his final game. He's playing with a good football team. And so he has to kind of savor it and enjoy it because next year's going to be hell for him. But in all seriousness, LSU plays the most physical brand of football a team can play. And Clemson's defense is up there with the best, if they're not the best, in all of college football. And which will win in the end, offense versus defense? I'm going with the popular saying of defense wins championships. I have Clemson tonight. Wow. I do. Um, they've been here before. Davo Swinney has a way of affecting winning. They haven't lost since 2018. Sorry, no, 2017. They haven't lost since 2017. They don't know what losing means. It's crazy because they are unstoppable right now. They haven't won they haven't lost a game in three calendar years, and what's to say they lose one tonight? I am gonna take the opposite road. Makes things interesting. Now I have to say with LSU. Understandable, Joe, they're the best team all year. Joe Burrow, if he still has anything left to prove after that eight touchdown game against Oklahoma when he just obliterated the entire Oklahoma or the entire state of Oklahoma, embarrassed huh. them, made uh their defense just looked like Houston's defense, so to speak. Ooh! In, in this game, if I'm going to start throwing some burns at people. But Joe Burrow, that, that entire, like, Tigers... I just got Tigers defense. The entire LSU, since they're both Tigers. <laughs> they're both Tigers, yeah. Yeah. And, and the entire LSU defense has just been downright unstoppable. The number seven has been legendary for this LSU team, and it has not yet disappointed. As I believe uh, Stingley Jr., I believe, is wearing it, right? Am I, yeah. Yeah, I know you're right. Another one of those outstanding players that's probably going to be another great talent for the NFL. But anyone that wears number seven for LSU has just been amazing, and I don't feel like it's going to be stopping anytime soon. And that's, I, People don't think about LSU's defense. They're all talking Clemson this, Clemson that. LSU's defense is very good. I mean, they have been giving up a lot of points and have been dependent on that LSU offense. But don't get me wrong, they are very scary. And with uh, Coach... <laughs> Coach O. How about them Tigers? <laughs> How about them Tigers? Go Tigers, as he says. <laughs> well, go Tigers. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> go Tigers. Clyde Edwards Hilaire, too. Uh, their running back has been ridiculous all year, too. That's the thing. If Joe Burrow somehow, someway is not playing well, feed the beast. And, you know, LSU has a ton of weapons, but Clemson, again, I think the experience prevails in the end. But I would not be surprised if either team wins tonight, and that's what makes the game so exciting. Woo, 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 big trust, woo, woo. <laughs> All right. So that was very long-lasting. Yes, it was. Um, now let's talk about some college basketball. Haven't talked about that at all on our podcast, so now that we're getting towards March. Which, which we gotta... really shouldn't, should start to become more of a regularity. I mean, Yes, it's, it's uh, going to be the main idea. <laughs> I mean, we are both crazy college basketball fans. The fact we haven't said anything yet, really. All right, we'll, we'll get on that, we, we promise. But... We'll just, we're not going to go number one through 25. We'll just point out the big ones that we want to talk about. Um, you pick first team you want to talk about. God, I got, I got um, you, you, go, you go first. I'm pulling up all the right, poll. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> just so that you don't steal it, I'm going to go with number seven, San Diego State Aztecs. Record of 17-0. and 0. This team, uh, I don't know what to say about San Diego State. Um, excellent offense. They've got drivers in the paint, and they are playing so well. Now, granted, their schedule is kind of padded with really garbage teams. But it takes talent to win 17 straight games. One of the only undefeated teams left, and I think we'll touch the other one here too. That's Auburn. But San Diego State has played so, so well. They play Fresno State tonight, and Fresno State's 5-11, and so I don't think you have to worry about that. But they, they are going to be one of the top seeds in your March Madness bracket. For all of you studying March Madness, you might want to listen to this. Um, San Diego State should be a top seed. And they are an easy pick for anybody who's looking at it. San Diego State, to me, is one of the favorites right now to win the whole thing this year. 
know, I'm going to hop back up to one of the teams that are have reached the highest spot it's been to in a very long time. The Baylor Bears mm-hmm. up to number two. They have come, in my opinion, really out of nowhere. I was not expecting them to be as high, and they have all, they have well-deserved to move themselves all the way up to uh, number two after beating Kansas. What is it? In, uh, inside, I believe, Kansas is... Stadium, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, and Kansas absolutely got destroyed. Wasn't even close. They obliterated them. Easy, like Just an easy win for them, <laughs> which is crazy. And I believe moving them up is well-deserved after getting a ton of votes, finally moving them up. They're 13-1. and They haven't lost since the, what is it, the second game of the year when they went in into Alaska against Washington. It was an odd place to be playing there, but... Finally, into these conference games, they still haven't lost their 13-1, and they are hot, and they are not stopping. I agree, and I want to touch on another team real quick as well at number four, Auburn. This is what I don't like with the committee, though, and it it is every year. It goes for college football, too. Auburn is 15-0 in a Power 5 conference and isn't number one. (laughs) I'm sorry, what? Are you kidding me? This team has been ridiculous all year. All year. All year. They've lost Chuma. Um, last year to the draft, they and this te- their star player Chumo Kiki, and they've only gotten better. Uh, they've just been ridiculous all year long, again and again and again. It's just been dominance. I mean, Auburn may have not even played a competitive game to this point. That's how big they've been dominating these these teams. And as we head now into, as I look back at their schedule, the only competitive game they've had all year is against. Um, Furman in overtime, that's it. I mean, they've really pretty much beaten the crap out of everybody else. So that speaks volumes to me. I I think this team is in a really good spot. We'll see if Auburn ends up being a one seed in your brackets. I'll take the next one, and then you can go after this because I wanted to really quickly hit on – it's more of a congratulations note. The fighting Illini are in this, and – um. That's awesome. My parents are both Illini grads. My grandparents on my dad's side are all, I mean, ton of Illini. My dad's like, oh my God, have you seen Illinois? They're so good this year. They're going to win the whole thing. And I'm like, no, they're not. But this team might go far. I mean, they've gotten a lot of talent. They've beaten Michigan State. They've given Ohio State fits. It's the only loss they have in the conference, actually, is to Ohio State. And it, you know you're in a weird year in the Big Ten when your top three teams are Michigan State. That's fine. Rutgers and Illinois. <laughs> Yikes. What? If, if, if you look about, if you look for that from football standards and then try and compare the basketball, it's like a it's, flipped. It, it's it actually down. a flip. They were the bottom three. Michigan <laughs> oh State, Illinois, goodness. Rutgers were bottom three, and football. Flip and it's the flipped for basketball. Down. Hey, at least they're all focusing on one thing. Well, Northwestern is the only consistent bottom feeder in both, but. Sorry, Northwestern. Remember when you were good? Yes. Um, I do, too. They lost to Gonzaga on a heart, heartbreaker. But Illinois, this team this year might be the Wofford of last. Or, or, is, that, or, is, that, or is that Duquesne? Or is I, think, that, I, think, I think Duquesne. Duquesne. I mean, there's a lot. You've got Liberty, who's 17-1. and one. They're not in yet. They will be soon. Duquesne is 14-2, and two, dominating the Atlantic 10 right now. Northern Iowa, there you go. Missouri I knew Valley? I was missing one. Missouri Valley? Yeah, 14-2. and two. Harvard always gets in this. Ivy League, 12-4. Well, Yale, and, 12 and four. Yale, yeah, Yale is, got in there last year. So. Yale got in there last year, gave LSU some fits in Naz Reed. But it's just going to be an interesting year. And then you see Ohio State that's fallen 18 spots in the, 16 spots in the past two weeks. Yeah, after losing to people like Michigan State and like all, all the other teams that just lost to Purdue – yeah, unranked yeah. Purdue, the team that's been looking horrible, they lose. You don't say that we met Matt Painter. Yeah, and then they end up losing to Indiana, two two straight losses in Ohio one week. Ohio State, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's Ohio State. Two teams in the Big Ten, just they've come up short, and not only have they come up short, they lost by twelve to Ohio or to Indiana. I believe they got obliterated by Purdue. I just got to make sure. What a week it's been for Purdue, though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Purdue went into Ohio State, kicked their butts, and then Michigan State like, won by 30. What a week it was for Purdue. Um, you really can't get any better than that, and yet Purdue is what? They've Pur- – Purdue is unranked. Ten, yeah, Purdue is unranked 10-7 uh, and seven total, 3-3 three and three in the conference. 
Here, let me pull this up. Yeah. So, and all that, right, I got it. Purdue, yep. last, what is it, last five games, uh, lost to Michigan in double overtime. That's the only loss they have lately. Oh, no, actually, no, that's a lie. Um, because they lost by 26 to Illinois. They beat Michigan State and Michigan State by 29. <laughs> yeah, exactly. that exactly. happened. They beat Virginia, number five at the time, by 29. They only, they lost to Purdue. No, they lost they've to had a ton of other losses besides that. But other than that, they've been on a roll. Yeah, but their schedule does not get any easier. I mean, when you've when got, you're in the Big Ten with all these. You've got Maryland, then Illinois, then Rutgers. <laughs> so that's that's three hells right there. Then you get Northwestern back to back. Then you get Ohio State, and then you look you look at the rest of their year here, and their final two games are crying in the corner. You got Michigan and then Rutgers in Rutgers. So. Um, Yikes. Yeah, they're not winning that one. But Rutgers, I'm going to touch on this real quick as we're on the topic of the Big Ten. They did just lose to Illinois. Uh, Rutgers did by three on a buzzer beater. That's rough. But they beat Penn State by 21, who was ranked at the time. Uh, beat Seton Hall, who's number 18, by 20. Beat Michigan State by 12. I mean, <laughs> what can you say here? Rutgers going from one of the worst teams in possibly Big Ten history. I mean, the runs they've been on to they're going to be maybe a five or six seed in your bracket this year. Yikes. It is kind of crazy. Rutgers can win the whole Big Ten, too, because there really isn't much competition going in that uh, that division. And right now they're the three seed, I believe. Mm-hmm. They should stay around that all year. Um, one last thing is I'm sorry. I'm very addicted. Mr. To Mr. Hey, before you go, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. On, I'm gonna finally talk about one, one of the other teams I've been wanting to talk about that's been hot this week. I'm waiting that, for it. I think that's I Oregon. It's, yeah, it's the Oregon Ducks. They have, they were up high. They ended up losing to Colorado, who Colorado is also in this AP poll now. They're number 20 after beating mm-hmm. Oregon, but after that loss to Oregon, Oregon's been hot. Peyton Pritchard, my guy, oh, yeah. has this is his senior year. He's been on. He was on that Oregon team when they went to the 2016. Sorry, I'm going to be biased because I am an Oregon fan. That's all right. <laughs> but uh, they, they've been red hot. They've just, they came off a big win by, in overtime against Nick Mannion in Arizona. It, went, oh, uh, yeah? it was number 24 ranked Arizona. Then they ended up, what is it, with another easy win against Arizona State, which that was a close one. People were calling for upsets for Arizona State to beat Oregon. They ended up destroying them there. Oregon's been on the roll, and I don't think that they're going to be stopping anytime soon. And... They're just under San Diego Diego State. I mean, San Diego State, I believe, I agree with you, should be a lot higher than they are. Yeah. They're just not putting them as high as I believe they should. Maybe Kansas should be, shouldn't be six, in my opinion, because they have three losses. Oh, no, I I agree with you on that, too. Um, They have three losses, and they're somehow above people like San Diego State and all, all these other teams, but... Uh, Oregon has just been on fire. Keep they an eye on the them. Pac- they, they should win the Pac-12 this year. Should, or, should Oregon? Yeah, there's no one really else that's in this Pac-12. There's no one. Mm, uh, Colorado. Well, Colorado, they're the only other team in the top 25 in the Pac-12. Stanford is just short of the top 25 too. Yeah, but Colorado did beat Oregon, but we'll have to see. I think Oregon's got the edge though, as yeah. after they lost, and they'll be moving on. Definitely keep an eye on them going forward. And since you uh, had your role, I'm going to keep going on a roll. Go ahead, of course. Wichita State's moving up in the brackets. Yes. Keep an eye on them. 15-1 and one overall. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The Shuckers. The <laughs> Shuckers. Here's the problem with Wichita State every year. Uh, I go back to two years ago. Last year was one of the worst years they had in program history. But I go back to last year. Um, and two years ago. Sorry. Wow, I keep saying that. The Marshall Thundering Herd. Um not only beat them, kind of destroyed destroyed them. Um, choking the tournament every year, every year. I mean, first or second round, they're always out. Can they? Can they? They will definitely be a top seat, one of the top seeds in the tournament this year. Can they change the narrative? That that's what I'm looking for mm-hmm. this year. Um, got any more? Well, I mean, the only loss that Wichita State has had this entire year was. Another one of the teams that's hot is West Virginia. Yeah. And that game was the championship game in the Cancun Classic in November. 
It is Correct. now January, so that was a long, long time ago. Wichita State's been hot, and they're someone that's going to be continuing to move up in this bracket because they do play in a, so, so to speak, less harder conference, or not, not that hard of a con or. Oh, that's not true either. They're, I mean, they're in the American. Uh, and they, you, who here, are, who else you, is in there? <laughs> I'll give you the American here. They got, I know uh, Creighton's in there, but the Creighton's number no, 20. No, Creighton's Big East. They are? Mm-hmm. Uh, they switched my... They switched a couple years ago, I believe oh. Creighton did. Uh, internet issues, but I'm trying to pull up American Conference. I know one of the big names up there is Memphis. Uh, you got mm -hmm. Memphis in there, who without Wiseman is really struggling. Yeah, they. they <laughs> right, Wiseman was really. that key piece to them, and after he left, it's kind of been a disaster. It has been an absolute disaster. I mean, this conference was much better yesterday, last year. Uh, SMU, Taco Fall, and UCF, mm -hmm. Cincinnati, Tulsa. Well, Tulsa's been whoa, whoa. <laughs> whoa. <laughs> I just recognized Tulsa in here. Yeah. Um, Houston, Houston last year was very good as well. Um, so there's a lot of teams on here. It's not a step deep as it used to be. Wichita State, though, last year, considering they were dead last in the conference, to be from last to first, it's pretty impressive. Um, one last team I wanted to cover uh, as we flip over to the Atlantic Sun Conference, and many of you are looking at me like, what? Uh, let's take a look at Libertyville for one quick second. 18-1. and one. You said Libertyville. Liber I said Libertyville, didn't I? Liberty. There you go. University of Liberty. Liberty Flames. Um they are in the A-Sun Conference, second year there from the Big South that they transitioned here. Won the conference last year, and they definitely are going to win it this year too. Knock on wood. But Liberty 18-1, 8-0 at home, four-game winning streak. Uh, they really haven't beaten anybody crazy. But, I mean, they've beaten teams to the likes of Radford, one, who's won the Big South Conference for the past five years. East Carolina, Power 5 Conference team, UMKC currently leading the uh, SWAC Conference. They beat. They are unbeaten against Power 5 Conference teams. And that's pretty impressive. I mean, when you've got SEC teams, ACC, Big Ten, the only loss they have this year is to – funny. Actually, they have one loss to a Power 5 team, and it's uh, LSU – but <laughs> funny how well, LSU ties back into all this. But somehow, some way. Somehow, some way. And you know, it's just going to be a really exciting year because we've already seen so many upsets. I hope that we have some safe for March Madness. Come on, please. Yes. <laughs> Save a couple. We um, had, yeah, the, the number one seed has gone down five times, if you don't know. So, <laughs> yeah, I, and it's going to be six because Gonzaga's not going to hold the this perfect record through wherever the been. they've been western athletics so yeah. i mean who what do they have left they've got byu santa clara pacific easy easy they don't have a ranked opponent left um oh boy you know what they might not lose again um <laughs> baylor though i get baylor we talked about baylor i know they've been playing really good lately this schedule is impossible <laughs> yes i mean you would not want to be in Baylor's shoes. You got to play Kansas. You got to play West Virginia twice. Good grief, Texas Tech. <sighs> Baylor's gonna have some hard times through this conference. It's the Big Twelve. Never easy, but right now they should. They're gonna be a one seed in brackets. We'll see if they can hold. Yeah, there's two other teams before we finish talking about them that are gone. That used to be in there. That mm -hmm. we're talking about the Big East. That was. From the Big East, one of the, that was at the start of the season looked like almost impossible for any of these teams, and we thought all of them were gonna just. We just thought everyone except uh, God, who was in the. We we were talking about this earlier. We, everyone, everyone, all of us were like, "There's this Big East is unbelievably unstoppable. There's so many good teams, but now that uh, some of the teams are falling off, uh, Xavier and Marquette, mm -hmm. both of them losing. Seton Hall rising because of that. Seton Hall beat both those teams. And because of Seton Hall's wins, those two teams have fallen off. And Marcus Howard, where is he going? I mean, we got uh, Jackson Gross, our, one of our friends. Mm -hmm. He goes to Marquette. He's always talking about him and all their basketball team. Wrong direction. They're yeah. going in the wrong direction. They are not going in the right or the the right direction. Opposite thing you just said, but they are <laughs> not looking good. And neither is Xavier. Both these teams that usually have a chance to make it. <laughs> It's been a bad year for the Big East. Mm -hmm. um, well, at the start, it looked amazing, and mm -hmm. then now everything's beginning to fall off. 
Here's one of the big shockers is DePaul. DePaul? 12 and 1, and now. I mean, it's pretty much been a bomb drop uh, because 12 and 1 in non conference, and now. Uh, and now they've completely fallen apart. So that Seton Hall currently in front of this conference, but I can't see Seton Hall winning this without. Well, Powell, Miles Powell's still there, so yes, I can't still see that. They almost beat my Wofford last year. Made me sad, but <laughs> go Wofford, <laughs> go Wofford. They're they're dead this year, by the way, too. So Wofford ain't going anywhere. Yeah, nope. But it's unfortunate. But it, it is what it is. Furman's gonna do it this year. They should have made it last year too. Mm-hmm. Um. Either that or Western Carolina. I'm getting off topic. I do. <laughs> See, this is the problem with me. I mean, there's 30-something different conferences, and I could probably give you a rough estimate of who's winning in every single one. But uh, one of the big conferences that we talked about at Big East, normally how many entries do they get a year? Seven, eight? Tons. I mean, barely. They're barely. up there with the Big Ten with the amount of them that make it each year. And here's, They only have 10, and last year – I'm going through this list. How many of these teams last year? Creighton didn't make it last year. Um, Providence. No, Providence made it. Back that up. Creighton didn't make it. Xavier didn't make it. Georgetown did not make it. Yeah, the, the entire Big That's East. If and you're, DePaul. Yeah, if, 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 the entire Big East, if you're familiar with March Madness, you know you, you re- know and recognize all of these teams because they're constantly taking turns being in and out and in and out. And except for some, DePaul. Yeah, except for DePaul. DePaul has been struggling, but – and that just shows how hard this Big East conference is to win games. And although many teams are falling off now, they're actually playing in conference because they weren't prior. Now they're finally playing conference. Teams are falling off, and we're finally recognizing who's going to be in March Madness and who's going to be out. And that's yeah. why we're seeing teams like Marquette and Xavier fall, and that's why we're seeing teams like Seton Hall rise. Mm-hmm. And then Agreed. another another team, I know we talked about West Virginia, but get rid of the West part of that. Former champs from last year, Virginia, is not in the top 25. Uh, there's a big reason as to why that isn't, um, though. Ty Jerome and Kyle Guy. Neither are there anymore. They're two top players, both guards. Jerome went to Phoenix. Kyle Guy went undrafted to Sacramento. And that that's just been a kill. <coughs> Excuse me. But, I mean, this year they're 11-4, and 3-2 and two in conference, and outclassed by Duke, Florida State, Louisville, Boston College. <laughs> Bo- Boston College. Wait a minute. <laughs> Time out. Um, is that right? Am I reading that right? <laughs> yeah. Well, all righty then. Looks like we need to do some research on that. But You are uh, right. <laughs> they are getting completely outclassed this year by those teams. That's just weird. But, sorry, anyway. Virginia, fifth in the ACC. They'll make the tournament, but... They're not the same powerhouse they were last year. Oh, there we go. That's who I was waiting for. Um, do, you have the, do you mind pulling up the ACC real quick? The ACC. And then looking ACC. towards the bottom. The ACC. So you normally have your bottom feeders from the ACC. I was going to say Boston College. I can't anymore. Um, Georgia Tech, Wake Forest, Notre Dame, Clemson, Pittsburgh. They're your usual garbage piles. But then look who's third to last in the ACC. I'm gonna let Ethan. I'm gonna let Ethan uh, figure it this out. It is eventually loading. And if he doesn't, oh yeah, <laughs> okay. Why don't you tell? Why don't you tell everybody who that is? One of the greatest programs without a great head coach for this team, University of North Carolina, the Tar Heels. One of the like usually just safe bets to even make it to March Madness each year. They're dead freaking last. In the ACC, what the yeah. heck? Three-game losing streak. They're eight and eight overall. Uh, that three-game losing streak doesn't do any justice either. You want to here? They've lost three straight. Pull up their schedule if you can. I will attempt to. Uh, I mean, I will go through it if you can. Um. Yeah, it's not loading for me. It's all right, all... I got it right here. Last three games, I think specifically. Let's pull them up. Here we go. Yale, North Carolina. First of all, you're like, yeah, right. Yeah, Yale beats them by thirteen. Um, <laughs> what? Yeah. Uh, Georgia Tech, North Carolina. Yeah. Georgia Tech normally sucks, right? Wrong. 96-83. Pittsburgh, North Carolina. <laughs> Pittsburgh, they're screwed, right? Nope. <laughs> and these are all at home, by the way. Uh, Pittsburgh, 73. Win by eight. Clemson. All right. Clemson has never won in North Carolina ever. 
They've been around for 58 years. They've played 58 games in this stadium and have never won. That Not changes this, this year. year. 2020, new decade. 79-76 <laughs> in overtime. They have lost to the likes of Yale, Georgia Tech, and Pittsburgh. They've become a bottom feeder. And a in, laughing stock. <laughs> and a laughing stock with the worst record in the ACC. Literally, not conference record. They're tied for the worst conference record. Out of every team, including Wake Forest, they have the worst record of any team in the ACC. You will not see North Carolina in the tournament this year. Mark my words. The dynasty is over from one to none. North Carolina won't even be in this thing next this year. Well, that's because they're missing one of their better players, Anthony. Cole Anthony. Cole right? Anthony. Yeah. Uh, he came back, I think, for Clemson, though, and he still couldn't give him a win. And You blame that on North Carolina's recruiting. And here's the crazy thing. We've talked about Roy Williams, one of the greatest coaches of all time. There's reports that he is out or retired. That, that he might be on his way out. Not retiring, but firing. Oh. Um, because they're recognizing that this program is starting to hit in the rock bottom. Uh, this is a shock. Uh, seeing no North one expected Carol- this at the No. They had people say North Carolina was going to be like top 25, top 10, if that. Top 5. Yeah. I mean, here, let, let me see what the highest they've been all season. I'm going back now because, of course, I closed it because I'm an idiot. But um, here, wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. All right. North Carolina. I mean, obviously, after last year, got eliminated by a shocker in the Sweet 16 to Auburn. They were a one seed last year, though. All right. At their highest point, North Carolina was, drum roll please, number six. <laughs> um, Yikes. Yeah. It all, <laughs> the irony, and it all started with a loss to Wofford. <laughs> Woo! Go Terriers, baby. Yep. <laughs> but, uh, of course, it all started with a loss to Wofford, which is a rivalry game now. They have <laughs> lost three straight years to Wofford just too good just too good for you I guess the moment you realize Wofford has a five game better record than North Carolina that's when you know there's a problem when Wofford playing North Carolina is no longer an upset that's when you know there's a problem going on and I'll tell you this North Carolina loses two or three more in a row Roy Williams is done he's getting fired he knows it, too. This team's got to come back, and Cole Anthony needs to come back now because Roy Williams is going to lose his job if he doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> Truthfully. And then last – I'm going to say last, but it might not be, so yeah. be warned. Last couple of things I want to go through here, and these are just dynasties in, in minor conferences. The MEAC. You're like, what the hell is that, Matthew? It's called basketball. Um, <laughs> Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference. Does the name North Carolina Central strike you at all? I believe I remember them, yes. They made the t- tournament for four straight years, from 2016 to 2019. You know what's the worst part about that? All four years they lost in the first four. Um, that's not even a joke. They were a 16 seed in the first four, and they lost every single time. Do you remember five years ago who won? That conference. We're giving you a little pop quiz. You can oh take a boy. look at all the teams here. I believe it want. was Iona, right? No, I'm looking at the wrong conference. Uh, that's MAAC is Sorry, Iona. Man. No, you're good. I'm pretty sure it was Norfolk, right? Yeah, it was. Norfolk State in 2015. Do you remember what seed they were? They were 16? No. 15. 15. False. They played Missouri in the first round. And we all know what happened there. There you go. See? And so... Norfolk State this year is leading their conference with a whop. They're three and zero in conference with a record of seven and eleven. Um, Yikes! This is what you love about now really bad conferences, people. Uh, there's a team that's second in conference with a whopping record of two and fourteen. But yeah, that that's really bad. Somebody should check that out. But and then Florida A and M beating Miami too, and they're and they're it's one of their only three wins. It's kind of funny too. But uh, anyway, North Carolina Central's lost is not going to win this conference this year for the first time in five years. They're terrible this year. Um, Army and Navy. 
have not if won really <laughs> Army Navy, baby. Colgate, and no, not, not toothpaste, toothpaste brand. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, and if you ever, if you've ever watched Cameron Magruder, he did a whole thing with March Madness teams last year, and all anybody talked about was Colgate and the toothpaste. But they're projected to win their conference by a landslide this year, so you might see more toothpaste in your March Madness bracket. And don't worry, it's not an advertisement. Um, Big Sky has been won by Montana two straight years, and I will it's go on a limb. Continue. I, and I'm going to say it's going to be three. They've dominated this conference every year and should expect to do so again. And then we have, is it the WAC? I'm trying to remember which conference this is. Um, I think it's the Western Athletic. It yeah. is. Okay. Western Athletic Conference, New Mexico, New Mexico State. State. Almost had it last year. That was a thrilling game to yeah, watch. Yeah, and they've won it for the past four years, and again – Nothing is going to change again, because if you look at the teams that are in this conference, it goes from New Mexico State, where like everyone understands, all right, UTRGV, try UTRGV. I I know what that is, University of Texas Rio Grande Valley, but thank you for that. You're welcome. <laughs> um, it's what I do. UMKC, University of mm, mm, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, see. It's University of something Kane County. I know that for a fact. Um, Chicago State, Grand Canyon, California Baptist. Okay, let's. Well, Do you recognize talking. any of these universities? If you don't, you're with me and you're with Matthew. I'm assuming. Uh, you know some of these people. Unfortunately, most of my life is spent studying these conferences. Um, yeah, it's Cal State Bakersfield. I remember that. Yeah, they almost beat Oklahoma in the tournament. Chicago State's awful. Um, they are a laughing stock every year. Why don't they move to the Missouri Valley? That should be a. Uh, that would be, a that would be the move. That would, that would be that would be the move. Why are they in the Western Athletic Conference Lyle, when they're in Chicago? Yeah, Loyola would have to move then. Loyola or Northern Iowa, <laughs> some of the better. Northern programs. Iowa though has been really. Oh, have we talked about Northern Iowa yet? We briefly touched on them. Yeah. You want to go through Missouri Valley real quick? Sure. All right. So Northern Iowa, Bradley, Loyola. Drake, well, Drake's in it every year. And then, of course, you have Evansville, who beat Duke, and is 0-4 in conference and garbage now. Well, but. Yeah, if you don't know the Missouri Valley, Evansville has been the laughing stock for the entire year. And then, magically, against one game in Kentucky, they Kentucky, said we're going yeah. to get plus 15 overall for all of our players, and we're going to decide to play for one game and one game only. And then we're going to go back to our normal, usual ways, because they have not won a conference game yet. So far, they're 0-4. And they didn't win one last year either. Nope. <laughs> and um, magically, they're somehow able to beat Kentucky? I mean... That was a shocker. Stephen F. Austin was a shocker with Duke, too. And But this year, in all seriousness, Northern Iowa, they're like Belmont last year. Remember Belmont? They didn't yes. win their conference, but still, Ohio Valley made it in. Northern Iowa is going to be, I think, that same thing, where even if they lose to, let's say, Bradley or Loyola in the conference championship, they will be in. Mm-hmm. Sadly to see my Illinois State, though, uh, not in it. But you got Illinois State's never in, in this. Hey, they, <laughs> they were in the championship the year Loyola was, uh, made their final yeah. four run. They uh, only lost by three points, Illinois State did, to Loyola. So that, oh, I remember watching that game live. Yeah, so that, I had a heart attack. Yes, Loyola almost – that, that run could have been stopped if it weren't for uh, Illinois State losing just at the last minute. And we would have never had our sister Jean moment, so – Loyola Chicago, UMBC, and Wofford have become my three favorites. Okay. Cinderella stories. And that's well, how can you one. never forget? You will never forget UMBC. Never. If, if you know even just a little bit about college basketball, one of the teams that immediately jumps to your brain is University of Maryland, Baltimore County. The Terriers. Oh, great. I went in my bracket. We're going to bring up the story of old here. Oh, no. <laughs> UMBC, Virginia. Virginia that year was the best team in college basketball. Can we agree on that? Um, That's true. And so... Number one seed, I number mean, one. Like, the number yeah. one, number one seed. And I'm just sitting over here looking at my bracket. I'm like, Dad, who is Yumbasa? Literally, I said that. And I picked Virginia to win the whole thing. True story. I'm watching... So I'm watching all the other games or whatever because I'm I never watch a 116 game. I'll be honest with you, I don't. I don't care enough because I already know what's gonna happen. I tune in at the end to see the reserve units come in. It's kind of fun and to see just the crazy shots people end up taking. But I'm just sitting here chilling. I'm watching. It was uh, Syracuse uh, TCU. Yeah, Syracuse TCU, and it's halftime. 
I wasn't looking at the top right scores. I was so engrossed in the game. And I see it's a dead even tie at halftime. And I'm sitting over here having a mini heart attack. And my brother just screams, Matthew! And I'm going, I go run down into the, in the living room. My parents are like right in front of the TV. My parents are big fans too. And right in front of the TV because UMBC's up by four. And I'm sitting here, never moved, as I watch UMBC score point after point after point. And all of a sudden they're up by 20. I don't think I spoke a word after that. One of the greatest memories in sports I will ever have was that moment right there. You will never forget that. That will be something I tell my grandkids. Oh, yeah. And something I tell my kids. Can you remember Kitties this game? And it'll be like it's some black and white cassette tape or something. Oh, my gosh. But CDs? Well, who knows what a CD is? Yeah. Gross. We got virtual reality now, boys, but... It's crazy what happened that year. And it's such a shame that they couldn't beat Kansas State because we could have seen a UMBC Loyola Chicago matchup that would have been the greatest thing to ever happen in professional sports. And not that's biased. But <laughs> <laughs> that would have From Cinderella story wise, I'd have to agree, but that would be unbelievable. And Oh, and you I'm still so salty. I've hated Kansas State ever since and will never stop hating Kansas State um, for beating them ever. And Michigan, too. Screw Michigan. They'll never beat Loyola again. But Yeah, you just got to hope that we have – that's basically like a once-in-a-lifetime thing with this March Madness. And you only hope every year for that to happen, but you yeah. never know. You never know. As we so we make, let's make our final prediction on that. Final prediction? Who do you think will be the Cinderella story this year? You go first, and I'll go second. Oh, God. Yeah. I, know, I, know, I know you already have yours, so I think I might let you take it. I don't know, because I, uh, I I've, have a bit of a different one now than you may have thought originally. Okay. Go ahead and pick what you want, and if you end up picking the same one I do, I'll pick something else. God, a, a 16 seed? Who is going to be a 16 seed? doesn't necessarily have to be a 16 seed. It, True. It's just one of the biggest... I mean, Unless anyway, you think a 16-seed is winning this year. Missouri Valley, I got to stick with. They've been they, – they've – what is it? The March Madness people who vote have always continued to uh, downgrade the entire conference, which sometimes they have some great moments, like with Eliola, and sometimes they have their bad moments. But every year they come in and they fight. I mean, Bradley almost beat number two Michigan State last they year. Man. Yeah, that, they should have, man. That's a shame. That, that was never a close happened. game. They continue to uh, show up in the March Madness games, but and yet they continued to be put at the 15-16 spot. And that's why I think the winner of that bracket, no matter what record they have, whether it be Bradley, Loyola, or uh, Northern Iowa, no, if Northern Iowa wins it, they'll be getting a higher seed, probably a. Uh, uh, like, 11, 12, 13. Oh, they might be higher than that. Yeah. 10 or 9, mm -hmm. maybe. But if, if, if any of those teams, it's most likely, if I'm hoping for Loyola because I'd love to see Loyola back in. If, if it's one of those Missouri Valley teams that makes it into the March Madness bracket, I'm definitely going to be cheering for them. I am biased because my brother goes there. My dad went to what is it, Illinois State. They are big Missouri Valley fans. We always watch those games, just like you're biased for UMBC and all those games. Of course. I mean, I am too. I have, I have a UMBC sweatshirt. So. <laughs> I guess I remember that. Yes, but I can't, I'm going to be more biased towards Missouri Valley and – all those teams. That's why I think that's uh, they're gonna. There's there's definitely gonna be a Missouri Valley upset in this March, upcoming March Madness. I I have to go with the team that I have talked about. I was thinking about it. I have to go with the team I've been talking about for a while. I'm going out of the Atlantic Ten Conference. It is the Duquesne Dukes. 14 and two. They've looked excellent all year. They they ha they've played some pretty damn good competition and won. They've beaten a couple top 25s. One second, let me pull it up. Um, they beat LSU when they were in the top 25. Let's see, one more here. I'm trying to find it. They beat Air. They beat Air. They won the uh, Junkanoo Jam. That was an old tournament. You probably don't understand if that's even English. But no one knows who Duquesne is. You got to explain more. <laughs> all right, we'll explain more. Duquesne has been a bottom feeder in the Atlantic 10 for years. I mean years. They've been garbage for a long time in that conference. They've been completely irrelevant, non-important in that conference. This year, though, 14-2, a couple of – they have two 25-point scores per game. In the college basketball, that's unheard of. I think they win this conference, be at maybe 11 or 12 seed. 
definitely win their first game, and if they can get, build a run in their second game, they could be that team, like Oregon was last year. Yes. Um, Oregon was really, really our only Cinderella story last year. Um, UC Irvine, too. That was pretty awesome. Yeah. Eaters. <laughs> Woo-hoo. And, they, and they got payback on my Kansas State for UMBC the year before. So I bet you were jumping. I was very for excited one. for that. But I think Duquesne this year is a Sweet 16 team. I do. Um, oh, boy. I, I have one more, too. We'll, 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 we'll come back for that. <laughs> we, yeah, anyway, we'll see. In, we'll, in March, see we'll, if you're we'll really hold, right. You'll hold me to that. Uh, but the last one I have, I'm going with you, Northern Iowa. Um, this team should easily be able to get some fire going. Uh, but I sincerely hope that they get overlooked by the committee, get an 11 seed, because I, I don't see them beating a team like San Diego State or Kansas in the second round. I, I've been wrong before. You never know. Northern Iowa shocked a lot of people last year by getting to the championship at the Missouri Valley before getting absolutely obliterated by Bradley. But crazy things can happen. We learned it in football with Tennessee. We learned it in college football, the way that Alabama had fallen apart. We learned it in college basketball with UMBC, Loyola, Chicago, as we come full circle. Oh, boy. (laughs) As we have reached, I believe, the end of our time today. Yep. Episode numero uno coming to an end. Thanks for watching, everyone. And any final words? Any final words? Um, Tune in tonight. You will watch a beautiful game. Clemson LSU. I'm picking the Tigers. As everybody laughs silently (laughs) as they realize that both teams are surnames are the Tigers. Um, Which means I'm always right. Oh, my goodness. I think it will be a great game tonight. Tune in. Have a blast. Have a good week. Yep. I'm Ethan. I'm Matthew. And we'll hopefully see you guys next week. Bye-bye.